It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello there, and welcome back to the episode of Part of Two Halves. I'm joking, I'm joking. Let's scrap it. It's a show that brings you all good things football. A part of two halves. With the three wise men of football. Tom Woods. Michael Carden Edwards. And the bitter toffee himself, Lee Collard. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Halves, the footballing podcast that brings you all good things football related. And of course, as ever, it's brought to you through our partners at the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the final episode of 2023 as we bring to you episode 215-215 and to help, to help me wrap up the year, wrap up, Christmas wrapping presents, see what I've done there, wrap, 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 I'm of course joined... Yeah. By Mr. Carden Edwards himself, that's Mikey. And Mr. Woods himself, that's Tom. How are you doing, boys? I'll go to you first, Woods, because I always do this. I, I, I say, how are you, boys? And then you just look at me. Michael drinks his vino. Woods just is sitting there with a chuckle in his face. Woods, how are you? Yeah, no, good, mate. I'm good. You know what? Somehow, between the last time we spoke and now, obviously Chelsea lost to both of your respective teams. Yes. Uh, I, I, managed, I managed to avoid talking about it until kind of this point but um obviously a more positive result against the mighty Sheffield United at the weekend mm. um bottom of the league and three points is three points mate st- three point when, when when you're a Chelsea fan in the calendar year 2023 you take a win whichever way it comes right so um you know it, it, it a relatively positive thing at the moment but I'm, I'm in a good mood all things considered right it's Christmas it's Christmas of course you of course you're in a good mood Woods I could I could sense this by looking at you because 
cost of living crisis, be damned, Woods is sat there in a t-shirt on the 18th of December. <laughs> With all the lights on as well. Why. Christmas lights bedazzling us. Christmas. <laughs> I know. I, I, I feel it's relatively warm today. I don't I'm know why. Warm. This might be a... I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe mm. we're so used to the colds that it's a slightly warmer day today. And I'm like, yeah, no, t-shirt. Let's go. It is slightly seasonable, um, above average temperatures, I think, today. There you go. We haven't got any radiators on, despite obviously, as I think maybe we've spoken about on this podcast, probably definitely spoken about on our other one, Mikey. There is a new radiator on the wall here. It's not on. Can't afford to have that luxury. No, no. Um, oh, we so, don't play by those rules. Yeah, no. we, we've got the heating on, even though it's relatively mild outside. Okay, who's who's determining that, though? Just out of interest. The, 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 the clock, the timer, the settings. Of... Oh, so you have it on a timer. So regardless, you're like, it, it's coming on regardless. Yeah, and if I can be asked to get up and turn it off or I start roasting, then I do what that. What temperature do you have it set? What temperature do you have your thermostat? Uh, poor, about 20, I think, 19, 20. Okay, yeah. So at least it's not... <laughs> Well, I mean, when um, it's cold, cold, it, it cranks up. It goes into well into the twenties. Well, yeah, but like, it would still be trying to hit that that sort of twenty degrees. Sort yeah. Of in, into, ours is at eighteen, and it, that's that's toasty enough. Um, but <laughs> someone um, from on one of those Facebook groups. This is a, a story that's completely irrelevant to anything we're going to talk about for the rest of the pod. But um, Lauren was telling me that um, because obviously the cost of these en- of our energy bills now is like up to 300 pound a month or whatever is by direct debit someone was like well i'm going to get my money's worth um i've been heating my house to 26 degrees this month and it's like you do understand that whilst your direct debit is set at kind of this 300 it's on an estimate of your usage if you basically think that's your kind of a flat rate you're crazy because your energy bill is going to be in the much higher than 300 pounds this month for that um, it just shows that people don't really understand energy bills at all. They just have zero understanding. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but I could also probably work out the logic that if I crank up my heating to 26 degrees, there's going to be no repercussions. Of course there's going to be repercussions. Yeah. That, this is, Idiots this of is Facebook, mate. Britain, yeah, or social right? media, or Britain. Facebook, Britain, right? Two, two things, you know it's going to be some complete nonsense going on. Um, yeah. Well, we've, we, I feel um, like we've lost Mikey because he doesn't know what the word heating means, you know. <laughs> that, 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 that was a avenue for you to come in there, mate. Heating? Was, what's yeah, heating? Oh, yeah, I remember that back in the day. I, I just got up and checked my thermostat. It's 16.4 degrees in my office at the moment. I'm relatively quite chilly. Ooh, that will be yeah. a little bit chilly, a little bit chill. You know, 16, well, 16 degrees in Seville. What's going on? That is, that's climate change, that. Exactly. If, if only it was like that this time last year, hey? Uh, well, it flipped between sublime and ridiculous though this time last year. Um, yeah, when you kind of think of, because it was absolutely wonderful on your wedding day, mate. It was a peach of a day, uh, and the next day was less good. I mean, it was certainly less good over in this country. Right? Not ideal. Not ideal. No, uh, we well, look. We've had um, over here. It's been yeah, nice to be honest. The last week has been anywhere between sixteen and twenty degrees. Lovely. Just, sun- just sunshine, to be honest. Lovely. Oh, good stuff. Doesn't feel like Christmas, to be honest. I guess that's it, right? I, I was talking to um, my Australian colleagues the other day about this because I've always been a little bit intrigued. Lee, did you 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 lived in Australia? Did you do Christmas in Australia? I did. No, I didn't. I left just before. Pretty much this time. Just before. This time. Twelve years ago. But you'll have you'll have an idea for how kind of strange that whole arrangement is. That 
you're kind of preparing for Christmas. And I was kind of like, do, do you put trees up? Do you kind of do this the same thing? Is it all kind of the same songs about white Christmas and this, that, and the other? I guess it could still be a white Christmas. It's just got a different connotation. It, it's just I've um, got I've got family in Australia. It's it all the same. And yeah. they they sent pictures uh, quite recently of of them on the beach with 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 Santa Claus, Father Christmas, um, and, and a surfboard. And I was like, okay, that that's right. different. We 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 don't have Father Christmas over here with his surfboard, perching himself on a beach. No. So yeah, um, cool. was he in shorts? Oh, that's a good question. Hold that thought. Well, you carry on talking. I, I mean, need he's, to he's a this. big lad, Santa. I, I feel like trousers. <laughs> well, the thing is, as well, he had he had in the even bigger lad because what would be my brother-in-law? He's well, I reckon he's a good six foot four. He was perched on the uh, the knee of Santa. <laughs> Oh my word! <laughs> so Santa would have been getting a sweat on, regardless. Um, <laughs> and actually, where I was living as well, uh, they've they've been inundated with floods this week. Not pretty. I can't find the chat. Interestingly, Mikey, um, Alessia at school, my, my daughter, has been learning about Spanish Christmas. Each of the classes doing a different one. She's got Spanish, and they, um, they did a little song this week, and she did Feliz, Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad, right? yeah. Yeah, so she sang that with her classmates, uh, which is really fun because obviously they get the Feliz Navidad bit, and then it's ah, ba ba ba, Feliz Navidad. But I think that's how it's probably always sung in this country. No one's going to have a good crack at actually what's been said in the in between bits. Father Christmas is in shorts and sunglasses. Nice. Yeah, there we go, right? So that is a proper Australian Christmas. Is that going to pick it up, or is that just too. It's too bright, isn't it? Yeah, no, he, he oh, looks like he's living his... Yeah, oh, he's yeah. having a good time out there, isn't he? Nice. I mean, if I was Father yeah. Christmas, I know I'd be. Not not in broken Britain, <laughs> mate, I'll tell you that for free. Oh, broken Britain. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, should we, should we crack on? Should we, should we talk some... How about yourself, Mr. Collard? I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you want to talk about yourself? I mean, maybe that's a good place to start, right? I mean... I think the last time we spoke, probably spoke about 10-point deduction. And now there's a 7-point deduction. deduction. 4-point deduction. (laughs) Yeah. um, What can I say? You know, things are looking slightly more rosier in the the world of Everton at the moment. We're um, we're on a four-game unbeaten run. Um, I think we've won seven or eight in the last nine, I think, something along those lines. You won your last four in a row. Yeah. And we've got a quarter final of the Carabao Cup tomorrow, as oh. have your boys. Could be meeting in the semi finals. Who have you boys got? Uh, we've got Fulham. Okay. And I'm hoping that, that we do win and we get the winners of Port Vale versus Middlesbrough because then we actually might make a final. <laughs> Dice ball and, and a Wembley show oh, piece. Who have you boys got? You've got new. We've got Ooh. Newcastle, yeah. <laughs> but a broken uh, Newcastle. Yeah, they've got a lot of injuries. They are they're uh, falling apart, mate. Is what they're doing. Yeah, they picked up a win this weekend, but I think they were they played Fulham um, actually, uh, and obviously we're probably fortunate that Raúl Jiménez lost his mind. Um, and yeah, red card. We were in agreement. Jiménez. I just about. I, I feel it was just. Stupid. I don't know what his intention was. It's like if you're gonna do it, mate, do it, do it properly. It's like you've you've gone in and like, oh no, you're gonna do it. Yeah, he he committed to kind of uh, decapitating the player and then realised I'm probably in trouble here. 
yeah, it was far too late for him to be backing out of that. But yeah, he's he was out of control. That's the facts, right? There was no control there. He was so high in the ground, off the air ground. Uh, but you know, I, guess, I guess getting back to Everton though, um, we we watched them together a few weeks back against we? Forest. Um, against Forest, um, a hard fought away win. Well it was a hard fought, but like Forest at home are a different proposition, aren't they? They're they're they're, they're a good home team, and Everton fought well and, and won that day. They, I thought against Chelsea, they played Chelsea perfectly. They allowed Chelsea to dictate the play but create little in terms of clear-cut chances and took their moment to counter uh, and and take a lead which once Everton hit the front I, I, there was no way Chelsea were going to come back into the game um, uh, and I think that they again they, they the, tactically they made adjustments against Burnley which was quite interesting with wing-backs right they were playing wing-backs against Burnley and they just couldn't deal with it in the first half and game was over by uh, half-time mm. So Chucked in a Newcastle in there as well. That is a decent result at home. Yeah. Do you do you think that the in a obviously it's hard to spin a ten point deduction as a positive, but do you think that it sort of galvanised the group? It certainly galvanised the fan base, right? There's obviously a still an ill feeling towards it, and it sort of brought everyone together. Yeah, I think if I, I, I mean. I think we have an opinion of Sean Dyche is that, you know, he's probably not going to be the most, I don't know, tactically astute of managers. Might be giving him some discredit, I don't know. But I feel like there's one thing that probably is one of his strengths is going to be sort of motivation. And I reckon he's very much used mm. that to to his advantage um, to, yeah, as you say, galvanise the players. Um, there seems to be a bit more of a togetherness. I mean, I was looking through our fixtures or our, our results pre-pod and we started the season poorly. Um, in terms of results at least but I don't think the performances were, were quite there either and it's not to say like we, we're blowing teams off the park every week but we're we're doing what we need to do to, to get the results like you said against Chelsea Chelsea controlled the ball for I think it was like over 60% of the possession but mm. we just we did what we needed to do um, we seem to sort of pack in the uh, the middle areas when we're defending um, I wouldn't say we're necessarily counter-attacking football but we play to our strengths, so that's set pieces and, you know, as horrible as it is, getting yeah. the ball up to the big man and then playing off him. Um, and it's and it's worked. Um, is it is it pretty football? No. Is it sustainable over the long term? Probably not. You know, teams should wise up to it quite quickly if they're not already doing that. But um, at the end of the day, there's also, there is at least there's a style of play, which is something we've lacked for a good two or three seasons now. We've been very soft. And there's one thing that we're not at the moment is soft, at least. Um, especially uh, under Lampard, yeah. we were, yeah, you could just tickle our bellies and we'd roll over, and yeah, we don't we seem to have a bit more fight. Well, well he wasn't playing Decore, right? No, they had a fallout um, um, to the extent where Decore yeah. they had a massive bust up in the in the changing rooms, and pretty much Decore was on his way out. It's just who was going to go first, Decore or Lampard? And I guess in hindsight, and luckily, it was it was Lampard. <laughs> yeah. Because he's shone under under Dice, it seems to be that he's um, a real box to box player. He's certainly getting a lot more forward than I, I thought. Well, the way the way he's playing now is the kind of the decore that I expected when we signed him. Because this is the decore that we saw at Watford. You know, quite a bit of a goal scoring, yeah. attacking midfielder. Um, but also, as you say, can be relatively box to box. But um, I think Dice has played him in a more advanced role, um, closer to the striker. And I think, yeah. Yeah, that's paid off. I think he's got like a good um, percentage shot rate as well. So 
Again, how sustainable that is over the long term, I don't know. He's our leading goal scorer at the moment, and ideally, you would like maybe the goals to come from your strikers. But um, yeah, I guess in uh, you know, I, I I shouldn't be complaining too much. At least you know we're we're out of the bottom three. You know, if we didn't have the ten point deduction, I think we'd be tenth. So if someone said yeah. to me at the beginning of the season, Everton would be tenth, or you know, having the form of a tenth, we'd well, be two points behind. United in, in in those European football places, so like, but we'll, we'll, we'll see because obviously they're appealing the ten points. I, I don't know how likely it is um, to get that overturned, but I wouldn't necessarily completely rule it out. I, I think there's an overall feeling that the the amount of points is harsh, right? I think that's something that's come across from not just Everton, but I think from within the Premier League at other clubs that there's a feeling that that's that's maybe a an, an overkill in terms of the penalty. Um, I think, look, when we spoke about the penalty, we, we felt, well, okay, me and Mikey felt pretty confident that Everton were going to be fine. We probably didn't expect Everton to reel off four consecutive wins and be propelling themselves up the table. But um, it, it, in a way, I, I, I hope they do overturn those points because uh, being right up there and challenging for those European places, it sort of starts to vindicate the spending that of the man of the owner that's on his way out in a way, doesn't yeah. it? But, I, I, before we get um, ahead of ourselves, though, I feel like because this is Everton, there's there's never too much drama around the corner with us, and um, I think you've been recently looking into the whole new ownership thing, and I don't think I had a look at that article mm. you sent, but what I am aware of is that there's sort of a, a, a clock set against when that when they want that deal to go through and the premier league because they've been putting loans yeah in, up they? to 100 million which is obviously a that's a hefty chunk of money in itself it's big, so it's a big number yeah uh, and i think the premier league are stalling in terms of um whether they'll accept for that deal to go through and if it doesn't then we're looking at administration which is a whole mm. different ball game in itself um and that is which carries a point <laughs> penalty which drags everton back down again yeah i i, I... I wish there was a better option in terms of ownership, right? Uh, there's something about this 777 yeah. group that clearly doesn't sit right with, with the Premier League and it probably doesn't sit right with the majority of Everton fans. I'm sure they wish there was someone else that would come in and invest. And It is surprising in a way because I do think Everton are going to be secure in their, their league position this year. I think they're going to stay up. They've also got the new stadium on the horizon, right? And that's, I think, been pushed back to 25, 26, right? It's definitely not going to be next year. So it'll be the following season at the beginning. I think they want to, obviously, you've got to do all the tests for the stadium, which will start midway through next season. So yeah. then. Because that was obviously the hold up with Tottenham, yeah. right? Wasn't they had the, the, the test and, and they found issues and they had to rectify that and test and kind of get it all approved. And that's going to be one of the best stadiums in the league. I think it looks great. I think the location's fantastic. I think it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful. Uh, venue for Everton to be moving into. It looks like a proper football stadium, crucially as well. It hasn't sort of turned into one of those sports arenas. Uh, so I am surprised there's not more interest in in, in buying Everton Football Club. But I, if you, if I don't it, know, like it does feel like it's seven 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 or nothing. It right? does feel that way. I mean, are you able to, in a sort of a in a nutshell, describe or explain why it isn't going to be good? <laughs> Because I, I did read the article and I've forgotten about it, but I know it didn't come across particularly well. It, I, I think overarching feeling is that because they own quite a few other teams, right? And the overarching feeling from all of those other clubs is that it's not been good. That's that's the biggest takeaway. And I think that they are one of these American investment firm type ownerships where they will be looking to maximise their profits from being 
a Premier League football club, um, which probably means if we finish 17th every season, that, that might be sufficient. That, on the flip side, they may well view this as a great opportunity with a historic footballing brand with the potential to rise up the, the league table to try and further the brands by being a successful Premier League team. I don't know. It's, it's difficult, but like I said, the overarching feeling from everything I read is that there, there's, there's a, an unease about this group. And I think there's a good reason for that. Mm. I think because they are sort of, they've got this previous ownership of other football clubs. I think there's this over, it's kind of ill feeling. We're like, what's going on here? Is there something more that we're not seeing? Do, do they have like a, a relatively big Spanish club? I don't want to do, say Sevilla, um, but oh, you might be right. And Sevilla at the moment, they're in What's the uh, they're in the doldrums. I think I don't think they're having a good season at all. Yeah, I'm going to search. They have a minority yeah. share in Sevilla, yeah. And Sevilla are seventeenth so, uh, in La Liga, or they're right down there. Uh, they're not doing very well. Uh, they are. They are. They are. They are seventeenth exactly. So they currently own. Uh, Genoa, Standard Liège, Red Star, Vasco da Gama, and Vasco da Gama, and uh, Hertha in, in Germany. So they've got quite a few clubs. And Melbourne uh, Victory. It's almost too it's too it's too many. There's too much interest. This isn't like a city like you know we'll have a little bit of like feeder clubs. Yeah, I, I don't. Cause I would say that you'd be top of the. Food chain, right? I, I think that the, a Premier League team will always be top of the food chain for these ownership groups because that's where the big money is. Um, because you fall out of the division and your, your value plummets. Like None of those clubs have got the TV revenue deals that the Premier League has. So I think that 777's interest will be to keep Everton in the division and, and potentially trying to, to rise them. But it's, it's the how, right? Um how are they going to do that? Have they got any sort of proof of success anywhere? I don't think any of those clubs necessarily are showing. And I think if I remember uh, rightly from when it sort of initially started to be rumoured about them, I think the like the general consensus amongst those fans of those clubs is that, you know, it hasn't been good. The investment doesn't come in. I think Vasco, are, I think they, they got relegated from, you know, the, the Brazilian A-League or whatever you want to call it. The Brazilian Premier League, um, which was like one of the first times in a, in a long time or in their history, and you know Genoa, you know they've never been a big club in in Italy. Standard Liège, fighting some big clubs so in I'm Belgium. To, shall I read off some of this because I've got it in front go of me now? In. I'll go for club by club. Okay, so Standard Liège, there's been strong backlash from their fans in recent times. We've endured a winless start to the campaign after six games following a sixth place finish last season. Um, and there's banners saying your galaxies shouldn't be damaging our future. So they're obviously the Standard Liège fans not happy. Uh, Genoa haven't taken over the club in 2021. Genoa were relegated in their first season with 777 partners. Uh, the Helmut quickly returned in 22-23. Their instant return to the top flight in Italy was a strong response. And they currently sit 13th in the league with uh, just one victory after four games so far. So they went down, but they came back. Okay, so that... Uh, well, if we get relegated. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Hertha Berlin uh, in somewhat of a similar situation to Standard Liège Berlin fans are seen protesting their owners over the weekend fans unveiled a banner during their 3 win over Eintracht I'm not going to be able to pronounce that not Frankfurt uh, 
Vanda Insurance for Football Fans. Our investments are called Identity and Co-Determination. Josh Wanda, the only thing we assure you is our disapproval. That's a rather worthy sign to be having <laughs> at a football ground. Uh, <laughs> they took over in 2022, but Berlin f- fell to a relegation from the Bundesliga in their first season in charge. These are not a good omen. That <laughs> Sevilla, they own a small fraction of the Spanish side, with 15% of the Europa League champions uh, having endured a difficult spell in recent years. Uh, the Athletic reported that 777 have complained that the club's debt growing significantly. Uh, while the squad's value has fallen dramatically, Sevilla sits 17th in the Liga with just one win so far. Melbourne Victory 777 headed to Australia in 2022 to secure a minority stake in the club, but they have opposition to raise their but they have opposition to raise their stake to 70% uh, across the next few years. They finished 11th in the A League last season. Oof. <laughs> and the side are set to return to action at the end of October. Okay, so this is obviously written a little bit of time ago. Uh, Red Star FC, uh, they acquired again in 2022. They've bought a lot of clubs recently. Uh, the French club known as Paris FC is France's fourth oldest club. They own 100% stake. Red Star currently sit top of the National League in France with five wins from their first six games so far. Uh, okay, that sounds positive. Vasco da Gama, uh, the Brazil club, another 2022 acquisition of a historic club, with Vasco being one of Brazil's oldest and most successful teams. Uh, they currently compete in Brazil's top flight. They sit 18th in the relegation places after 22 games so far this campaign, with five wins to their name so far. Overall, <laughs> doesn't read particularly well. Also, overall, reads that they've bought a lot of historic clubs, which Everton are. Hi there. Uh, in a very short amount of time, and that feels like they've they've recognised that that historic name value carries a lot of weight when it comes to I guess money opportunities. So it is a concern. Um, but what's the office? What you know? What, what what's the alternative? Is it is it Mashiri doesn't sell and you go into administration? Like, can I can I just is Mashiri bro- broke or something? Has he got no money? I reckon he has money, but I think it was being funneled via. Ushmanov, there, there, there was some dodgy, yeah. something dodgy going on there. I feel. I mean, allegedly he's a billionaire. Uh, right. It seems a bit strange that the billionaire's having to take money from this seven 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 to keep his club out of him. Something weird is going on here, and I think that's probably again why the Premier League are a little bit like, hold up, what is going on here? And I think it's good that they are, because the last thing I think anyone wants is Everton to fall into the hands of some. American crooks that are just looking to make a quick buck off. But we've discussed this before, uh, haven't we? Know? It's either um, dodgy Americans or you know, disgusting oil money. There's there's no there's nothing there's no in between. There's no yeah. nice local Evertonian from Liverpool that you know is, is somehow got a load of money that he wants to invest and in, you know and he's going to be all for the club. Blah blah blah. It's, that's that's the state of football these days. It is literally oil money or Americans. Yeah. Um, it looks like Vasco da Gama survived on the last day of the season because Santos got relegated. Literally, Vasco won their last game of the season and Santos lost, which is why they, they didn't go down. Um, oh, yeah. I, I actually read about this. Um, going completely off, I don't know. But San, I think Santos was the first time they've ever been relegated. And that was ne- was it Pele? Pele's old team? And Neymar. Pele and, and Neymar. Neymar. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... Pretty significant. Yeah, but um, yeah, but I mean, obviously, like we said, you know, your your reading out there was doesn't fill you with hope. <laughs> it doesn't. 
It doesn't. I, I, I guess coming away from the negativity, though, um, as, as we go into January, obviously we've got the window open. I, I'm guessing Everton can't really do any business. I'd like to think right? that they, they um, would heed the lessons of of, of, <laughs> of recent past and go, do you know what? We'll just keep our hands in our pockets do, this yeah. time. Keep our noses clean, right? Yeah, we won't go um, to the Premier League and say, can, oh, can we're going to sign this player. And as you haven't said anything, I assume, we assume that's fine to do because <laughs> we've told you. Yeah. We, we've been here, yeah. Um, so I'm assuming not much going to happen there. And I think that, provided that obviously no additional injuries or anything, if, if it looks like okay. Um, uh, overall grade for, for your season so far? The, oh, I'd say a seven. Take, let's, let's, uh, let's ignore the, the obviously the points deduction because that's not associated to yeah, the, the on-field there's still, there's still some... I mean, like I alluded to the the start of the season being poor, and we're still not quite good at home. Um, yeah, so I'd say a solid seven. You know, there's st- there's still okay. some room for improvement. I think that's fair, right? You know, if I was maybe generous, I can say eight, but I certainly wouldn't want to go lower than say six. Because yeah. look, I mean, look at the beginning of the season, we all predicted Everton to be fighting relegation, and whilst that is the case because of the ten point deduction, we're still like to think that, you know, come end of the season, maybe that won't be the case, you know. I don't want to get too much ahead of myself, but because, you know, a team can always go in form. Like, you know, say if a team wins like five games at the beginning of the season, so, oh, they're going to be, they're going to win the league. Like, you're, you're, I mean, in the nicest possible way, you you especially would be like, oh, man, see, they've won, they've won the league. The title's done, let's wrap up the season, it's done. And, you know, it's like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It can, you know, teams can pick up a, you know, nice run of form. It can also happen where, you know, you could also lose four or five on the bounce and then suddenly it's all doom and gloom again. And it wasn't that long ago that uh, I was very much a, a, a doomster. Uh, you watched the Nottingham Forest game with me. It wasn't easy on the eye. But, yeah. I'll enjoy, I'll, I'll enjoy this ride more than I did when uh, Ancelotti had us you know, at the top of the league. Just because of how bad it has been for the last two seasons. Oh, there is that, right? It's, it's two years of, of genuine terror of and the threat of relegation being real and um, awful an awful awful football like i'm not saying that like i said i can't stress the football isn't great but at least there's like a resemblance of a team and trying to do something i can see what they're trying to do it's not like i said it's not not everyone's favorite style of football but at least there's a style to it where's yeah best player this season um james garner yeah okay because a lot of people would go with his obviously his midfield partner decore stands out for the goals or even yeah. I think if you uh, watch Everton's performances though closely, I think James Garner is um, a really good player. He's um, kind of goes 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 a little bit under the radar, but he um, he puts he, he's like he's kind of you know just symbolises kind of what you want for Everton, you know, especially from the fans. He'll run about a bit and he'll put a tackle in, and that's sometimes you know simple things like that that we appreciate. You know, I know McTominay could probably do that, and we'll probably take him. At some point in the future, <laughs> no, no, he can't. But um, yeah, no, but you know, he, he's got a nice distribution to him. He's he's, he's relatively versatile, and um, yeah, I, I think I think James Garner myself. Uh, I'd probably have um, Branthwaite behind him actually before that Abdukore. Yeah, yeah, Branthwaite's obviously he's he's started to shine. He, I remember him from. I think it might have been his debut, or at least one of his first games against Chelsea. Scored the goal, yeah. where you you had a. He scored mm. the goal, didn't he? Because you had a whole host of injuries. Um, and he sort of just kind of vanished for a moment. Um, I guess PSV he's a young player, when, right? I don't know, did he have PSV injuries? PSV on loan. 
Ah, is that that's why he vanished, yeah. right? Was, and he I hadn't think, vanished. It, he just wasn't I think in the like that's a it's a really good example of you know when you do send a player out on loan for a, for a year mm. to another league, so he goes you know so not so much scrutiny. I think he did really well. Didn't PSV do something last year? Did they win a couple, win the league? Because I don't think Ajax won the league, did they? So a final or PSV won the league, and then I think the other one won the cup. So he he basically had a decent season out there. And obviously, look, it's the Dutch league. It's not the strongest league in the world, but starting games playing you know men's football rather than playing reserve football or like under 23s is it's only going to make you better and I think um, you know he came back Seth a man shall we say yeah um, like you say it's, it's, it's proof that if you can get those those loans right well you know who's at PSV um, don't you you know who's the director of football it's not is it it is <laughs> it's Marcel Brands, of course. Okay, so he he's obviously got a previous uh, relationship with. So he, he he was under Ruud van Nistelrooy um, as well, playing there. Brands um, wanted him. Team. Brands wanted him to stay. I'm sure he did. Uh, let's have a look. He, yeah, he played. Um, started 21 games in the league. Um, so yeah, played frequently for them in that season. Um, he's obviously one of the players that I think a lot of, um, which is classic. This is always going to happen, obviously, with Everton's, Everton's financial situation and everything. Mm. That, um, big boys are going to be sniffing. I, I think that I, I don't like it that we've slapped that a transfer. You know, if you used to read like you know the the Sun or the Daily Mail or whatever, you know, we've slapped a transfer figure on him. It's like don't slap any figure on him. Just let the, the let the just reject yeah, it out. Let ahead. the boys keep up in their price until we do have to sell. But yes, I I'd be waiting for Sir Jim. To be taken off at, I guess, the next place that we can go with Mikey at, Ma- at Manchester mm. United, because by all accounts he's quite keen on English players, and I think that he might be able to sort of, you know, you need to, you need a centre half, need a centre. We half. need money. They need a centre half. English, and look, that relationship exists, right? It's an ex- it's it's a world trodden path, right? Manchester United, Everton, one way or another, you know. So it makes sense. Um, it'd be obviously sad for Everton to lose another uh, potential. Star young player. To, if to he, if he's as good as you know what he what he, he's showing, and you know don't, you don't want to get carried away too soon, but you know in terms of like saying he's going to be the you know this that and the other, but you know Everton will always unless we're we're fighting near the top, and you know the the talent probably does need to go elsewhere to blossom. You could probably argue that with John Stones, um, assuming maybe of more recent times, um. Do you, do, you, do you have like a, a sick feeling in your stomach that, that Harry Maguire comes the other way? <laughs> um, yeah, him and Michael Keane at the back, that would be fucking... Oh, God, that would be, <laughs> be something, wouldn't it? Tarkovsky, Keane and uh, Maguire. That's it. You know, Dice yeah. Ball is back, baby. Let's go. Ashley, um, Ashley Young at wing back. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah, that would be something, wouldn't it? Um, i tell you why, actually, whilst we're talking about Everton before we do m- m- move on to Man United... Um, just a, just a, a, a brief minor shout out to Mikalenko, who has seemed to have upped his game this season. I, I've yeah. said this guy was nowhere near cut out for the Premier League and he's done all right in the last, you know, again, I don't want to get too carried away, but he's, he's resembled something of a defender of late, which I never had him down for. Um, apparently he's, he's, do you think he's improved and strengthened? That sort of that- like Dyche kind of probably having a positive influence, maybe on a fullback. Maybe when you kind of think about the, going from a manager like a, a Lampard to a Dyche in terms of their approach to football as a defender, 
Lampard always puts his defenders on an island because he's always been so reckless. I remember at Chelsea, like we get picked to pieces because of how open we play. I, I wonder if under a, a system and a manager like Dyche that uh, maybe kind of keeps it more sound defensively. Um, and also maybe kind of talks to him on a level which he, he can kind of appreciate. He's had a year now. Was he signed last January or the January before? Is it 18 months or... or... He, well, no, he came in under Come. Rafa Benitez and then Lampard. So it's two years in. it'll be yeah, in January. So two right? years. Yeah. So he's probably had the opportunity to now probably acclimatise the pace of the Premier League. And I think that's one of the things that's a really underrated um, aspect of coming into this league. Because I'm guessing he came from... He came from Ukraine. Ukraine. Okay. So that's not going to be the, the highest paced... Um, quality league across Europe so he's probably a bit of a step in well see Fred I mean he struggled didn't he and continues to struggle for for a while for a moment shall we say <laughs> he did and and then Michael tells us that, that, uh, that he came I'm, try, I'm trying to lure him in here because he's been very silent he's playing the old silent Bob card or what would you like me to say Simon Jay um, say something mate it's silent Bob it is silent Bob isn't it silent, <laughs> who's, who's Jay so it's silent Bob and Jay it's just Jay just Jay Jay and Silent Bob, right? yeah. That's why I was getting confused. I can't say I'm I'm, I'm big fans of this this media, but um, me neither. Uh, no, I, I kind of feel like maybe Flint is. Absolutely, Dan yeah. Billy Moore and Flint used to love this shit. <laughs> I bet they did. Uh, <laughs> shall we move on? Uh, to yeah, we side? mean let's let's move off Everton um, and let's. Oh yeah, Mikey, just take it away. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs> what well, like let's, let's start right... At the weekend, and then let's kind of maybe work our way backwards, maybe because you know, obviously, the the Liverpool game is a big game for for United, and and how 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 did, how did it go? <laughs> I mean, uh, better than expected. I was you didn't get you you didn't better. lose seven nil. It wasn't an absolute pummeling, which is great. Um, I, I, I I I there was a bit of me that expected double figures, um, but realistically, Liverpool haven't really been that good this season, and. Um, Manchester United had Champions League Varane back so we could defend and we also played a double pivot for a change which makes a difference in terms of Maynu and Amrabat I'd like to see what Maynu and Casemiro could bring to the table without McTominay in front of them you see um, with the squad I was going to say where, where did McTominay play because I didn't really see the lineups as, as, as basically as basically a 10 okay he was abysmal when I watched the game he, he was not in it <sighs> He had oh, to play God. there because, I guess, Bruno's suspension, right? And, and, I say so had to, I had by to. By all I, accounts, I look, there's two things for me on this one. If McTominay has to play there because even if he plays as a DM or anywhere else on the pitch, he'll be missing anyway. So he might as well be missing up front. Yeah. You know what I mean? He might as well be missing up there rather than being missing, leaving. Get, basically, when McTominay plays in semi midfield for us, What's the goal that we always concede? Oh, look, it's a cutback to a runner that hasn't been tracked because McTominay hasn't been tracking him. It's the, mm. it's, the, it's, the, it's the common goal. And I'd rather him not provide an option up front than not provide an option in midfield. 
Um, he's, he's an abysmal footballer, a dreadful footballer. He should be nowhere near this team. And I, I, it pains me that he lines up for us every fucking week. He's shit. He's fucking shit. <laughs> and I'm, I'm done with him watching him try and play football. And he was captain. I know. Fuck he me. He was captain. Like, how, how does that make you feel? It's, it's killing me. It's, it's killing me, honestly. It's, it's killing me. Um, the suit, people keep telling me, oh, can you believe we almost sold McGuire and McTominay for, for 50 or 60 million this summer? Yes, I'm devastated. It didn't fucking happen. People keep telling me, oh, McGuire and his, he got player of the month. He got player of the month. Have you, uh, people haven't watched him. They haven't watched him. Uh, do you know, do you know who's watched him? It's, 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 it's the fucking... likes of Garth Crooks, mate, that watch him and see. He scores a goal. Right, straight, he, he, he's best player this month. But the, the, he's a media darling in many ways, right? Because he's obviously English, crucially. Uh, he's had a rough time of things. He's coming through the other side. And I think that any opportunity to, to praise him has been overdone. I, I just want to kind of keep on that that, that thing about the selling because I've heard this from Craig because obviously he goes to the games and he, he says that there's been this sort of overarching feeling that, that oh, look, you know, we, should, we, we did the right thing holding on to them. And it's like, no, no, no. They no. should have backed the manager, got rid of them bought in the replacements the manager wanted and we'd also be looking at this going well actually these guys are much better than those two footballers that we once had here at the club yes. the fact that um, McTominay scored a couple of important goals and Maguire's been part of a team that uh, went through November without losing doesn't necessarily change the fact that they should have been sold for the 60 million that they wanted um, or were trying to get, or I don't know if there was offers rejected that was the right decision because they're not good enough for Manchester United, um, so I can't. I, I completely agree with you, Mikey. That the idea that uh, a couple of goals from McTominay makes him a good player—it's—it's it's, it it's, it's nonsense. It, 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 it hides the ninety-minute performances that he gives us, where he basically hides from—he—he <laughs> he hides himself. Um, what, what? If you want to use McTominay as a ninetieth-minute. You know, get out of jail, free card, stick him in the box because he does come alive in the box. You know, when the ball's in there, he, he can put, he can put, he can he can do something. He can't do anything anywhere else on the pitch, and that's that's an issue. And I look at Harry Maguire. We've conceded more goals than Everton in the league this year, and we conceded fifteen goals in the Champions League this year. Fifteen fucking goals in the Champions League, and he's been playing for basically every fucking game. Like the difference in Varane playing. And versus Maguire playing is night and fucking day. Night and fucking day. And it's my black mark against Ten Hag that it looks like we're going to be fucking getting rid of Iran in January, by the way. And Pardon? bear in mind, he's younger than Maguire. Did anyone realise that? So, so, wait, he's, he's going to sell him? I, I, I think, he, well, so apparently Varane's contract's up at the end, of the end of the year. What? Yeah, apparently it was a surprise. His contract was meant to be up in a year's time. No, no, six months. <laughs> so we're looking. We're gonna, How is it a we're surprise? Be cash in in Who's it a surprise I don't to? No, I don't know. Um, he's, he's better than Maguire. He's younger than Maguire. Just continue to play this guy because he's. It, it's, there, it's an obvious upgrade. Is there one thing though? Is that yeah. he's he's not maybe got the best track record with his injuries? Um, let's let, let's try and see this. Well, bear in mind, he missed. The last four games, because he was on the bench. Yeah, I know he hasn't featured you know, he's, lately. He's, he's, not, he's not that he hasn't been able to play, it's just that he's not I'm talking picked. like prior to that, um, though. Well, last season, if I look at his injury record, um, so, right, 
this is his injury record for the last, let's just say, huh, 10 years, okay? Let's start in 2013-14. Okay, he played 23 games. That's not so good in all competitions for, for Real Madrid. Then he played 46, 33, 39, 44, 43, 43, 41. Uh, in his first season at United, he played 29 games. And his last season, he played 34 games. Pretty reasonable. It's okay, that, right? Like enough for, enough for you to be playing to be like when you're fit, you should probably play. You know what I mean? Or he becomes um, like your big game player. So if you're going to have to do any sort of management nurturing, you know, you make sure that you, he's fit for the for the bigger games. Yeah, I mean, he's our best defender, um, and especially with no Martinez. Like, what, what's what's happened there, just now? Because we obviously know the Sancho situation. We understand why that's occurred. We understand why the managers not been selecting him is this something that's occurred between those two that, not, that's... Uh, apparently no one quite knows there's a disagreement of sorts bear in mind that Ten Hag Ten Hag's viewpoint when talking to the media is like he won't even tell the media if a player is injured or not it's just it's an illness like it, it's it's a constant smoke screen so no one knows yeah. what's going on so there's absolutely no idea. The only reason we know about Sancho is because it happened publicly. You know what I mean? It, has, With Varane, he said something about like no players idea. not buying into his, you know, thesis or what you know what he wants. Well, his thesis apparently is leaving fucking Casemiro, Maynou, or Amrabat at sea, <laughs> and and saying have fun. But you know, if help. that's his philosophy, then who the fuck knows? Um, one yeah. one thing that I did yeah, take it's... from from the game at the weekend um, is that they they. I know, I think what you said, Amrabat, you know, I can't remember how you described him, but it amused me. But nevertheless, the ability to take the ball in the half turn, I think him and, I think Dalot somehow featured quite a bit in the middle, and was taking the ball in the half turn, something you just don't see with McTominay at all. Uh, and I'm assuming Casemiro would also have that have that ability as well. So, yeah, it is quite amusing to see that he's, uh, he's, he's I don't know, he's just, his, his choices but then you, we also talk about the transfer so you say if he gets rid of Varane or Maguire do you have faith in that you know he, he would be able to pick out a player that's going to be suitable because no. I, I don't, he's not going to be allowed he won't be allowed going forward th- th- this is the key this is Jim's going to come in and be like that. that's done yeah I, I don't think after the uh, Anthony debacle uh, I don't think he'll be allowed to uh, he was shit as we well bought Hoyland, he, he worked but we, we he bought shit. it's annoying because the last couple of games that Anthony's played he's looked alright and I thought hello he's actually looking a bit better I now thought he, I thought it was good against Chelsea um, um, I think but, they carries a lot of energy his, his biggest problem is the price tag if you could just and I know it's impossible to detach them now sadly that, I, that's, that's a weight no, around his neck and, and people's viewpoints on him I mean I watched that game against Liverpool and he picked up the ball in some good areas and then just doesn't have any pace no he hasn't he hasn't got pace he's not necessarily got a a, a, a trick to beat a man but I do think that he's a serviceable footballer in the Premier League I, I just think the problem is, is that the, the United spent superstar money on a player that's serviceable if, he, if you'd have got him for like 30 million no one would yeah. lose their mind about it the problem is that you didn't get that done because because the way that the deal was ultimately brokered they waited too long mm-hmm. to kind of go and get the player when Ten Hag asked for him that Ajax has sold the whole farm by that point and Ajax were like we can't sell anyone else because we're literally going to have no players and so, you know, funny enough, it was Edwin van der Sar bent United over a, a table and said, it's going to cost 100 million. And he didn't expect them to offer it because he thought, he's not worth close to this. There's no way they're going to offer that. And they did. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we, I think everyone involved in that should have taken a, a look at themselves, and I'm sure they did at the time. Were like, we, he's not worth this amount of money, and I feel for Anthony because I do think it has become uh, a, a weight that he has to bear, and I think it is a little bit unfair because he didn't fucking pay the money. He wasn't like, I'm worth a hundred million. That didn't happen. Um, so I think that could, yeah, yeah. I, I I kind of agree with, with you in a way, Mikey. There with with him as a player, I don't think he's a complete bust I just think the price tag is going to mean that he's going to be viewed that way it's a tricky one with him because when he, he scored in his first three or four games in a row for us he did came for us and yeah. then then we basically we had the world cup and um it's never then he just never it's never happened for him since I think he got injured obviously then he's had some allegations of sorts against him it's pretty easy um, though I think people figured them out as well you know don't allow him to cut inside yeah, yeah. and also like I mean he get he, he, the thing with Anthony is I think he's very much he needs he needs some confidence, and mm. I, I think with with him, I, I just don't know. I think as as a footballer, I quite like him because he runs his bollocks off. He does always provide an option. Um, if he, on another day against Liverpool, he'd have had to, he'd have he'd have come away with an assist. Um, and like it, there are quite a few times when that seems to happen to him, where he just doesn't quite get the rub of the green his way, and things like that. And I, I think he will end up being all right for us. Um, he's never going to be a superstar, but I, I don't, I don't, vacif- I don't, I, I, I can see what he offers, put it that way. And I feel like mm. there is a player there. So I'm, I'm, and he's only what, 21, 22. Like I'm, I'm, I'm patient with him to a degree. Obviously you look at someone like a Rashford who's 26 and obviously mm. I've lost, no, I've got no patience for him. He can go away. Someone like a Sancho, who's just, his, his attitude is just horrendous. I have no patience with him. Go away. Someone like a Garnacho, super young. All right, if he fucks a rot and he doesn't do the right thing, fine. You know, he's, he's young and learning. My my biggest worry is, and like same with Hoyland, right? My biggest worry with um with the team is that again, I, with with Ten Hag, I'm not sure who he's improving or what's what is he doing here. Mm. Um, that, that that's the thing. I, no one's really gotten any better under Ten Hag. You know what I mean? No. Like they're, 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 everyone seems to have gotten worse. Uh, that, that's never a good sign as a manager. So, um, but bright sparks against Liverpool. Uh, going back to the original question, I'm I'm glad we didn't get pillaged. Um, come away with a point. I thought Van Dijk after the game was just classic Liverpool. Just classic, classic. Woe is me. Always the victim. That's his personality, though. That's that it, is that, actually that, that is his personality as well. Because um, he's got well. Liked by the Dutch media, considering the quality of player he is. No, he's a bitch, basically. Yeah. And you combine that with Liverpool fans, who are just also just fuck, and just clop the whole lot of them. Just oh please, because I know that they were crowing about. The... We had thirty odd shots, right? And I'm like, I, I watched the game, right? I, I say I watched, the, I watched the second half. I was like, yeah, you're shooting some ridiculous angles for this, right? They, they, they were not. They, they, they picked good up on opportunities. Comms. You're not. They're basically stat padding shots from thirty mm. yards. We, we, United had United had the best the, opportunities. I thought we had the better chances. Yeah, to be honest with you. they I had that there was two. Yeah, I thought, and I, to be honest, on another day, I think we'll win it. To be yeah. frank, I, yeah. I thought we were. I didn't have an issue with the game. To be honest, I, I never really felt there were a couple of moments where I was like, you know, oh, that could have. But for the most part, I felt fairly comfortable in the game. It wasn't the nervy. I'm gonna shit myself. Anfield cookout yeah. that I, I i've come to expect so so yeah united are really professional they managed the game and they did exactly what they wanted to do which is you know ten Hag spoke he wanted united to be the best counter-attacking team in europe and to an extent and those moments where you had the breakaways if the fin- finishing touch was there they win the game because of the counter-attacking element 
Yeah, but I that's the thing. We know we know United can be a counter-attacking team. We know this, mm. right? Um, yeah. The difficulty is, and it's what Manchester United fans want. Smart Man United fans, right? People that actually. What we want more than anything else is to go to a Liverpool and make Liverpool have to respond against what we're doing. Okay, yeah. not. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing because we go to Man City, we go to Liverpool, we go to Arsenal, we go to Newcastle, we go to Spurs, and we play like a promotion team. And it is just oh, let's be plucky, you know. And it's that's the bit that's driving me fucking mad. That's I can the bit where I'm just fucking angry at it because that mentality of being the plucky underdogs that's now seeped into when we play against fucking Fulham or, or West Ham or Everton, you know, against Everton. Fuck me, that was a bad performance. We could have, we should have lost that game, right? We should have lost that game. Everton were the better team. And one thing about that, which is kind of frustrating me as well, is that Ten Hag keeps pointing at the Everton game as a good performance. And I'm like, oh, do you think I'm an idiot? That, that, that's the kind of thing. I'm sitting yeah. there going, do you think I'm an idiot now? Because I watched that game. We were fucking hopeless. Other than um, Kobe Mainu, Everton were all over us for about 85 minutes and should have won the game. Like that performance from Man United was despicable for the most part. We gave up so many chances. That's not a game to be proud of. That's not a game to look back at and say that was a good performance because it wasn't. So really? please stop pointing to that as a good performance, Eric, because there was not a good but performance. But then he can't hide behind one particular result when you're getting beaten like 3-0 at home to Bournemouth. You're talking about like, you know... I don't know, the, these smaller teams, they don't have a fear now of, of, of going to Manchester United no, at all. Of course they don't. Why should? Why would they? We're the easiest team in the league to play against. If you're, if you're a team now, whoever, Man United at Old Trafford or when Man United come to town, you, you, it's not a days of right batting down the hatches like it was, like it is when Man City come to town. It's a case of, well, hang on a second. Um, we'll, we can do these. Hey, how much... How much slack do you cut because of the, the injuries? So there's obviously a lot of injuries. Do you cut them any? Or? That's the key, right? So Newcastle and Spurs um, are the darlings of the Premier League these days. Eddie Howe and uh, uh, Ange Coglu, The darlings, right? And we are, what? We're one point behind Newcastle and five points behind Spurs. And if we, had, if we hadn't shit the bed in the last... In, against Bournemouth, you know, we'd be ahead of Newcastle and you know, two, two, right one or on two points behind yeah. Spurs, right? So um, they have been given all of the leeway in the world and they get a lot of positivity over what's doing. And if you look at the first two seasons, um, we've got more points and wins than Arteta did in his first two seasons at Arsenal, right? Um, so like, the, I do feel like Ten Hag does need to be cut a little bit of slack to a degree. Um, the, the reason why he doesn't is there's two reasons, well, maybe three. Um, one, he's not um, he's not charismatic in any way, sense of the word. So it, when it comes to the press conferences, um, he ain't winning anyone over. Big dull dud. And the journo's he's a big dull dud. Exactly. He ain't getting he ain't winning anyone over. No one's having a good time. It's all very dry. It's all very you know fine. He's not gonna. He's not a charis. He's not. He's, he hasn't got charisma in that sense. So that's the struggle against him. Number two. Um, the football that we play is fucking awful, okay? Now, I can go on Twitter and find uh, a thread of someone saying, let Ten Hag cook. Here's a thread about all the lovely moves we have. 
it's true we do have little moments where it's like oh that's all right that's all right but the inconsistency is just wild like absolutely wild and but then you go okay well the injuries does do point to the fact that okay well that's why the inconsistency is there because he has to play the likes of McTominay who can't pass a football okay I get it but the actual football is liquid shit for the most part, right? It's very uninspiring. It's very dull. It's like a Ten Hag press conference. Number three is not Maurizio Pochettino. And they'll always go against him because the London media fucking love that guy, which is why uh, he will get an easy ride at Chelsea forever and Eric Ten Hag will not because everyone wanted him to be the Man United manager. That's the fact of the matter. Um, Interesting. That, that's that's it. Um, he's not Maurizio. I, I mean, Woods is probably going to be a better place to answer that question, but I can concur <laughs> with that because I don't. You know, Chelsea are not having obviously not having a very good season at all, and yet you don't really hear much about Pochettino in a negative sense whatsoever. Um, if anything, like you know, yeah, he's he's got kind of the support, and it's the he he he'll get time to turn it around. Um, Woods, you may counter, you may have something different, but I can see. No, I I, I, I have to stress agree. this. This ain't, this ain't this ain't a Chelsea game. No, no, no. Um, this is this is just this is this is no, the truth. <laughs> I, I I'm surprised at how little criticism mm. he's getting for the performances of the team. Uh, similarly to, to United, Chelsea have got a lot of injuries, and I think that the the. I think certain clubs' injuries have been documented more than others. I think Newcastle, in particular, there's there's it's well documented. Ram down our throats. Yeah, you know, right. So got, and I'm like, United had 10 first-team players but, out a, for this there, weekend. There's a reason for this. Um, yeah. the, the basically, owns, football owns is owned by Saudi Arabia now. And um, that, like, uh, and that, that, but literally, Saudi Arabia basically control the Premier League in terms of the narrative, as does the, like, the media, blah, blah, blah. It's all basically let's suck up to the blood monsters because... Uh, if we don't, then there ain't no cut for us. Um, so Newcastle, there's there's gonna never gonna be, unless you look at fringe accounts like fringe podcasts and things like that, which aren't in the mainstream. There's never gonna be any criticism of how they do things. There's never gonna be any criticism of it because no one wants to be on the bad on the wrong side of the dollar. Because as soon as you're on the wrong side of the dollar, oh look, no dollar for you. And everyone wants dollar. So it's just like, that's just how it is, unfortunately. The one that's irritating, or the one, not irritating, but like, I understand the Newcastle one because who wants to get on the wrong side of, you know, beheading FC? No one does, right? <laughs> the the Spurs one is the thing, which is which is the, the almost the irritating one for me because it's just like, I get it. They lose Harry Kane. The manager comes in and he's a fun guy. But like Spurs just get such a fucking long leash. The way they played against Chelsea with that fucking <laughs> like that. Yeah. If, it, if could you imagine if Ten Hag had done that? Yeah, could you fucking been, imagine if Ten Hag had done that? He would have been. It'd have been front fucking page, mate. It'd have been dragged through it. But no, no, Big Ange, mate, great guy. You know, it's just like now nah, there's there's something about this which doesn't sit right well with me. To be frank, I mean, I, I completely concur with the Tottenham stuff. I've, I've found the loving with. Um, and Postacoglu a bit I find him difficult to like because of it right um, I, I think he's he, he is 
he is like of win himself. I listen to his stuff. I think he is great, but at the same time, I can't deal with the the complete loving that the media has had with him this year. Um, I do think Tottenham have done well, all things considered. Um, they self-inflicted their run of poor form because they had the Chelsea game one after 15 minutes and then completely capitulated in one of the most spursiest performances you're likely to see. But it gets the narratives get spun that they were brave. And I'm like, they were fucking stupid. The game was done. Chelsea, Chelsea were not in that football match. It was completely over and then they capitulated. Um, and had they... Anyone that's seen Chelsea this season, and I'm assuming that their manager has seen Chelsea in his prep work, would know that Chelsea can't break down a low block. So what? Why are we defending on the halfway line? Uh, it was. I thought it was beyond naive, and the fact that it was almost applauded, just bizarre, just bizarre behaviour. But I, I, I do agree that Ten Hag gets a real rough ride, and I think it's because his charisma, for sure. Um, he, he obviously doesn't offer a lot up to the media and he offers up even less when he doesn't like what the media is kind of reporting the bullshit because there's been a lot of bullshit and he's cut the media out and that's not going to help him but he's okay with that because I think that he's actually quite a strong personality where he's like fuck him this is what we're doing and, and I think you've seen that with the Sancho situation where he's gone fuck him this is what we're doing did it with Ronaldo um, as well right That's a that was a hell of a thing to, yeah. to handle that, that, you know it's, it's a brave thing to do Um I think he'll get the season, right? And I think that he's he's earned the right for the season because look, you, you've spent a lot of money to effectively give him his players. You might as well see how they play. There's no point getting rid of him and bringing someone out. But firstly, because I don't know who's out there to bring in. Um, I, I, there, there isn't a standout candidate that's available right now to bring in and put in that position. Um, he had an idea what he wanted to do with his players. So let him, um, in the second half of the season, hopefully the players come back. I'm assuming Martin is Martinez coming close to coming back um, he must be right let, let's see where Lissandro Martinez is with the old injury shall we because um, I think see. Mount's close Mount is close Ericsson's back in training now which is uh, I mean <laughs> really. um, uh, how, how do I find out I won't say anything about uh, Mount because I, I can't be asked riling upwards but <laughs> look, Ericsson I, I, and Mount to come back and change the season for he clearly had an idea what to do with Mount. I, I will say, I, what his idea in the opening games of the season with Mount seemed ridiculous to me. Um, effectively playing him in a free role so far advanced that he was putting his defensive midfield players on an island. That's not necessarily what I would be doing with him, but um, we'll, we'll see, right? So uh, we've got a couple of... So in terms of players coming back for us, so uh, Malassia... Uh, Malassia, Maguire and Casemiro and Lissandro Martinez all are apparently scheduled to be back um, in January. Okay. Um, which, yeah, and obviously Ericsson's back now. Um, and yeah, so, so basically... It's a rough like, period then of Christmas yeah, to getting, get through. Yeah. yeah, which is a little bit concerning, but... Um, Dude, I mean, look, the, I think the difference to that team, if you were to be, if you were able to have um, Lissandro Martinez, Varane, Maynou and Casemiro as a yeah. four in there, that makes a massive difference in my head because you've got foot, footballers for one. All four of them can pass the ball. <laughs> which, Someone which, for Anana to pass the ball into midfield with, crucially, or into the centre-halves with, right? He's played with Martinez, obviously, at... Club level, I think I'm assuming they must have played yeah. with Ajax together, so there's going to be a relationship there as well. 
Yeah. So that's what kind of what I'm <laughs> putting all of my eggs in the basket of. I would like to see a menu. I'm putting all my eggs in the menu basket, by the way, because the kid looks great. Uh, he's yeah, that we great haven't had him midfield yeah. for a long time. Um, but him, Big Cass, and Bruno, like. I feel like Mainu and Cass could provide an actual platform for Bruno to then do what he wants without having to look behind him and play in midfield half the time. So that's kind of what I would like to see. I'm happy with, I think Garnacho is going to be a couple of seasons until we see, uh, the kid needs to develop. I'm happy enough with Anthony on the right because he's the best right option we have because Rashford is not a right winger. And no. um, I think you, you you have to just keep with Hoyland up front. You have to do it. What's your what's your feelings about him at the moment? Because I've not, I've not seen enough of him to, to comment. I know he scored a lot of goals in Europe and he's, he's um, been a little bit unfortunate in the Premier League. Is it because of the players around him not necessarily being... like <laughs> Rashford on the left isn't going to pass, right? We know that he's, he's, a, he's never getting his head up. Um, the, the, is that part of the problem? I like I like Hoyland's work rate. Um, I don't think he's a natural finisher, for what it's worth. It doesn't okay. strike me as a player that's gonna that's gonna just easily go and put twenty in a season, which is concerning because the money we paid for him. Um, but by that same token, we don't create chances for him. Man doesn't touch the ball. Um, he runs his bollocks off. But there was um there was a thing that was going around on Twitter recently where um oh, sorry not Twitter I'm on Threads these days guys <laughs> yeah I'm all about the Threads it's now in Europe yeah. I'm all in, yeah. Um, where they were, where they had the thing of, um, I think it was Ferdinand and Van Persie were on BT with obviously our friend Jake, and um, they were saying like, uh, you know, Fergie came in half time and basically just dressed everyone down, went up to Skulls, went up to Carrick, um, went down to Rio and was just like, the fuck you doing? We brought this guy in to win us the league, and you're not yeah. passing him the fucking ball. If you don't pass him the ball, you're not in the team. Literally, was just like he's making all these runs, and you're not fucking passing to him, and like in front of everyone, like this guy is going to win us the fucking league, but he won't, do, he can't do that if you don't fucking pass him the ball when he's making the runs. So find him, or you're not in the team, and that's kind of what I feel like. Like I do, f- kind of do feel, kind of feel like I watch Hoyland play. Man makes a lot of runs, um, never gets a fucking chance, uh, and even against. Um, who did we play the other day? Was it, it was the European game where we were eventually not Copen- Europe? No, Bayern um, Munich. Bayern, where Dalo was again running through, just square it to Hoyland for a tap yeah. in. And no, of course, it's just the intelligence of some of these players, the composure, it's just not there a lot of the time. And it just sums us up. Um, Should we... Um... Overall, I just I say as an overall like season, um, it's not great. Uh, out, out of 10. not great at all. Um, and a player, three and a player of the season so far as well. Uh player of the season. Fuck, fucking hell. <laughs> um, who would that Can be? Can you dig one out, mate? mate um, it would be a Mainu Organacho. To, to be frank, they're the two, yeah. the only, only positive sparks. Um, the rest of them are fucking awful. Um, the only one, the only player who comes in, he doesn't let himself down, is Varane. Champions League Varane. I love that man. And it, 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 it depresses me that he hasn't been playing. Um, yeah, a poor, poor season, completely, dis- completely fucked by injuries, to be perfectly frank with you. Um, but let's see what goes. I, I agree with you. I would give him the rest of the season. My only issue is, is that he does, he makes a lot of bad decisions, does Ten Hag. But I do wonder how easy is it for, for someone to make good decisions 
when you're consistently dealt shit hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the thing that I'm I'm trying to weigh that up. Is it that he just doesn't know what he's doing? Or is it that he's trying to make the best of a really terrible situation? And for me, what constitutes success in the second half of the season isn't Europe. I don't care about that. What I know, like, oh, we get some money if we're in the Champions League. I, I don't care, right? The fact of the matter is it doesn't mean anything because what's the point of being in the Champions League if you can't fucking win it, right? And we're never going to fucking win it, so what's the point? So I would rather just focus on the team Get rid of all the extra games this year. Like, don't play the FA Cup. Don't play the Carabao Cup. Don't play Europa League. We're not in these fucking things. So just just focus on the league. Get training together. Because last season, it was just literally game, recover, game, recover, game, recover. This year, without all of that nonsense, it will just be game, plan, game, train, game, plan. Hopefully, when we have a bit of that, we get some, we get some people back from injury. Big Jim comes in. And hopefully we start shipping out all of these Woodward acolytes, you know, the Glazer fucking cunts um, that they've hired over the years. And we just get a plan together for next season and the summer to see what happens. I want to see progression on the pitch. And I'm hoping that with a bit more time to actually plan for games and prepare um, that we might start to see it um, from from Eritane Hart. Because he's on his last... He's on his last chance here. You know what I mean? Mm. Last chance saloon for ETH. Okay, Woodsy. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Talk to us about Chelsea. Half, pretty much coming up for the halfway stage and you're halfway in the league. But I found a quick glance at your fixtures. Some kind fixtures coming up. There's some kind of fixtures, right? And the problem is, I think Chelsea start the season, the kind of fixtures that we had, we, we completely fumbled and um, lost them. And that put us behind... Uh, too far behind kind of even before we got started and then we ran into obviously the tougher fixtures and whilst probably our better performances have come in some of those tougher fixtures we've also had performances as we did against Manchester United where they completely blew the doors off Chelsea um, uh, and even against Tottenham like I said for the first 15 minutes we were, we were out of the game um, it was it took Tottenham to allow Chelsea back in before we um could kind of obviously take over and, and, and win the game against nine men. It's been crap, to be perfectly honest. Um, I don't think the football has always been bad. I think there's been times where they've played okay. But I keep coming back to the the, the, the biggest issue with, with this team and, and, and it, it is its construction and the fact that they spent such an enormous amount of money to be bad. You know, and and, and had Chelsea not spent any money, right? It, it, it kind of would feel completely different about this young group of players and given Pochettino time to kind of mould it. But when you spend a billion pounds, the expectations can't be like uh, let's let's mould this young group and kind of get them to get it, it, the results have to be immediate. But they've obviously the way that they constructed this team was to buy some thirty odd twenty year olds, young twenty year old players and expect them to mould into a cohesive group 
in the toughest league in the world is just complete naivety and negligence. And I'm not surprised, uh, given what we know about ownership. What I am surprised about is that um, Todd Bowley hasn't been involved with player acquisition since the first summer. We've, we've covered that off as being probably... It, it was on the list of worst transfer windows of all time, right, Mikey? That definitely was on the list. I can't quite remember where we put it. It was towards the top, though. Um, the, these sporting directors who were brought in to kind of readdress the issues and try and balance the squad have done nothing to the sort so far. And I, I can't understand that a lot of the players have injured. I think Nkunku's injury that late in pre-season, given how they looked in pre-season with him, was a real blow. Uh, because as a focal point, he was getting more out of Jackson. He was getting more out of Mudrik. It was all of this kind of positivity in the group. And once he's gone, you can see like there's just a hole there that no one's been able to fill properly. Um, and then you see a drop-up with, with all the players around him. But when you spend a billion pounds, you shouldn't see just kind of a complete um, falling apart of a, of a squad when a single player is out, right? That's, that seems ridiculous. Um it's a mighty, it's, it's, a, it's a mighty expensive house of cards you have there, Mister Woods. It is uh, right, and it's and it's all based on a Bundesliga player <laughs> carrying his Bundesliga form into the Premier League. You know what could go wrong here? Um, see Kai Havertz, see Timo Werner. Yeah. Third time lucky, maybe. Yeah, you know, like maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm beyond frustrated with it. Um, too often, my biggest frustration is a lack of footballing intelligence with these players. I. I I, I think they're a dumb group of players and, and having been fortunate enough to have grown up with uh, a, a team which were built on basically game management, right? The the, the, the Chelsea teams under Mourinho and, and obviously all the way through from the, the, the following 10, 10 years were such smart teams with how to play. And this lot are just, they look like idiots. Nick Jackson. I don't want to be too hard on this kid because... Uh, he's only really played six months of, or now a uh, year's worth of um, top level football, including his time in Spain as a striker. And it's a hard position to play. But he has no idea when to make a run. He's constantly offside. Um, and when you've got a striker that's constantly running offside, it makes it very difficult to kind of progress the ball forward. Um, and that, that's probably just, like I said, he's young. He's not really played the position too much. But okay, that, that's understandable. That's him. Then why have you bought him as our only fucking striker? Also, there is the element as well where you're looking at a new striker and you go, all right, mm. Nick Jackson, he fits the bell. He's young. He's got potential, potentially. Um, how much was he? 35 million, 30 million? I think it was 30 million, yeah. yeah something around the area. I was like, okay, right. Not, not cheap, right? But not in today's market for a yeah. striker, yeah. it's not the worst, you know? Um, the thing that irritates me beyond belief about this guy is stop getting fucking booked for dissent. Yeah. That's right. The other like thing. once, all right, by the way, Nick, right. You can't do that here. If you mouth off to the referee, you're going to get booked. And if you get booked five times, you miss a game. Okay. So yeah. fucking stop it. You idiot. The next time, bro, we've told you, okay. We've told you to stop doing that. Didn't he get booked five times in a row? Yeah. And then, yeah, oh, look, he missed the next it's... game. It's like dumb. Right. So my question there is, Guy's dumb as a fucking brick by the sounds of it, right? Then, like, surely these are the types of things, the character of a footballer right. that are assessed before you sign them. Whilst you're scouting them, whilst you're figuring out, are we going to spend 30 
million pounds on this player. Is he a fucking idiot or not? Regardless of the footballing ability, because as Ravel Morrison will tell you, right, or uh, 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 Tarapt, where his name is, like, Abdul you can have all the footballing ability in the world. If you're a fucking idiot, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But you appear to have signed someone who's dumb as a post. Wasn't he texting some fo- or giving some bird some like messages on Instagram or something like that or wherever it was? And he's got like a, a partner back home and he's telling him to fucking send him all kinds of stuff. And it's like, what are you doing? Why is this on? For- Why has this been filmed? You're a fucking yeah. what? What are you Why doing? Why am I not aware of this? <laughs> I really so I, I don't really want to get yeah. into this because. Um, I think it, it, the person that did it is it's, it's just one of these women that um, uses her football fandom to shirk her uh, OnlyFans accounts to young football fans. You know, if this is a geezer doing it, they'd be called a nonce, right? Let's 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 not pull too many points. It's like that's and she filmed it for clout. But, uh, it goes back to your person. point though. But still, dumb. no, you're right. He, he, fucking dumb. He's dumb, right? He, he, you've fallen into an incredibly dumb trap. What are you doing? You dummy. And no, you're right. It, it goes into like, he can't, he, he has no concept of how to play the position. And, and you're right, the descent stuff. And Pochettino's tried and tried and tried to kind of bring this up. He talks about it post-game. He talks about it pre-game about this. And it, immediately, bang, dumb bookings. Dumb bookings all the time. I mean, we've, we've had dumb sending offs this season. I, I kind of, I don't want to pick on Connor because he's probably been one of our better players this year. But against Brighton, a game we had in complete control, right? Uh, he goes and picks up two. The second booking is an incredibly dumb tackle. Halfway line, tackle from behind, doesn't get close to the ball. It's like, why are you making that challenge? At least he did something to earn it, unlike Dallow, really. <laughs> right, yeah. But like, I, I, I we could talk about the Dallow one. I don't agree with, obviously, the two bookings. I think that's just like, obviously, Michael Oliver wanting to be the star of the show, as always. But... Um, the footballing intelligence, like I look at Mikhail and Mudrik and by all accounts, fantastic in training. Like genuinely lights it up. And at times I watch him and I'm like, I, I can see there's I a saw him in pre-season, there. mate. I got excited for you. I was like, oh, put him in my draft and, and, team. I was like, yeah, he's good this game. <laughs> but uh, then he gets into these <laughs> final third positions and it's just like, he's the pace of his brain can't process like what to do and it, it, it all just collapses and, and kind of embarrassing ways and you made spent- a deer in the headlights mm. i saw him the, the other day the approach play sublime at the finish throwing yeah I, like, yeah. Oh. I, I i feel for him i do because thrust I, I into, like thrust, into the, and, thrust into right. the spotlight I is it say, like an anthony yeah. situation the circus, in terms mate. of the the money yeah you, the, well i think arsenal would have gonna gonna pay that anyway but arsenal are a steady well-coached football club Right, there's this. He's coming to the circus, uh, where we've changed. He's had three managers, I think, since he's arrived. Um, you know, he's come from from a, a difficult situation, given the the Ukraine conflict that's still ongoing. He's a young man, not many uh, minutes at professional level, and Chelsea have effectively gone and signed him. I don't know why they signed him for what it's worth. I, I at the time didn't understand it. It felt like literally they went Arsenal on this player. We should go sign him which is a bad way to do business, 
Hello, right. uh, uh, hello, um, what's his face? Alexis Sanchez right. or Manchester United or yeah, Fred the Man City or Ronaldo, yeah. any one of them. Even Maguire, right? They, 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 Pep puts it out there, all interested in Maguire, we'll go sign him. Like this copying people's ha- homework without understanding the working of how to get to the answers will lead you to end up with really expensive kind of failures. And I think that's, that's what this is looking like at the moment. Um, I, he's still young enough that he could come good, but... I'd love to know, like, what was the purpose here? What was the thought process? Because I felt like in January, a year ago, that, that, that they needed to calm everything down. Summer was such a mess. Um, and Potter's already got kind of an overflowing dressing room. We just went, here's some more fucking players. Get some more players. You know, Enzo Fernandez, um, who I, I think is a good player, he struggled this year. He really has. And I think it's because he's been running to the ground. He's played so many games. Um in so many different positions that he just doesn't look settled anymore. We're effectively ruining this footballer that we invested so much money, which we shouldn't have in January, in what was a complete disgrace of a negotiation. Because that negotiation goes, Chelsea agreed to pay um, 105 million or whatever it was. And then they go back and they offer less, which pisses Benfica off. They're like, what are you doing? You basically told us that we're going to do this. The player's all ready to move. Now the player wants to move and you're kind of... And it ends up with basically... Uh, big data barley rolling in and having to basically pay the fucking money because of some battle of egos is all I can work out that's the only reason you would agree to pay this because you're basically like if we don't get this done we're going to look stupid we're just going to pay I just don't get this and it's a similar thing with the Kaiseido right had Mm -hmm. they offered um, 80 to 100 million or whatever it was immediately minute one in the summer bang to Brighton they probably accept it and we don't go through this stupid process of paying an extra whatever it's going to be now for what it's worth Caicedo started to look good um, he was he was good at the week I know it was only Sheffield United so it's difficult to really get a judge on him but he was actually pretty good at the weekend so and I, I think I, he's I, a player I watched him the week before not very good <laughs> I think he struggled at times but I, I, I just think that well, you might always say if he'd have paid the eighty odd million to start with, he'd have had a fucking pre-season. Pre-season, with you, which and he, he didn't because the the first couple of games for Chelsea, he looked. No, he he looked, was awful. Whoa. Yeah, he was awful the first couple of games because he, he had no pre-season, and that's obviously again it goes to like the the mismanagement. Of squad Same thing. as Anthony, yes, <laughs> Anthony had no pre-season as well. But we're forgetting that, aren't we? But uh, Woods, aren't we going to be here again in January? By all accounts, Pochettino's even. Well, what's the uh, chat? What's the what? Yeah, well, Poch came out there already, didn't he? And was basically like, I "I want a load of new players. And it's like, wait a minute. And this does, this this is the thing where it's like, because again, Ten Hag get this levied at him quite a lot. You know, it's like, shouldn't you be improving the ones that you have here? You know, the thing is, it's not like they're all a bunch of old players. They're all a bunch of young bucks, yeah? Which, young, which young... is what his forte is meant to be, right? Yes, getting these players. Why, like, like, what did Chelsea? Like, I don't understand what's going on here because I'd be, right, I, you I'll currently tell you have a squad full of young players. Surely it's a case of expensively assembled young players as well. Some of the best potential talent in the fucking world, right? Surely the point of the manager here is to go mould them. Yeah. But why is he complaining? I look. I, I think there's a, a lack of. Again, go to intelligence, but experience in the Premier League. I do think that is a problem for this group. Because they, they, you say deer in the headlights with uh, with Mudrick. Mm. I think it's with all of them at times. That when they'll play well, they're playing. Well, it's like we're playing well here, guys. It's, it's, everything's we'll and then they concede a goal, and it's like, the fuck are we doing? 
what we're doing, and it, it's, it's gone. They've got no ability to kind of come back from a deficit, this team. Um, other than when they played Man City, obviously, which they did. But I think City kind of, the way that they play football, allows teams to kind of play their way into it. And obviously, that was probably Chelsea's best performance of the season. They conceded four goals, right? <laughs> let's not let's not kind of kid. I, I, I kind of am perplexed why kind of everyone ignores the fact we conceded four goals. I mean, we've spent a billion pounds. We've got uh, Bobby Sanchez in goal. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I, I just... The amount of money was spent to have bang average players everywhere. And I think po- Pochettino's probably looking at it going, I can't believe how average some of these guys are. Um, well, you know, we did, it, but, they, but we said it, dude. We said it before, right? Is the... You know, you can't just go and buy a bunch of new players no. and get rid of everyone. It's not how it works. And well, look, as... Look, I did. I said this the very moment that Burley started doing this is like, this is a comedy act. This is not how you run it. This is not how you do things. And it's just man coming in, thinks he knows ball, doesn't know ball. And that's just, it's the tricky thing. Cause what do you do now? Do you go and, do you go and sign a bunch of 29 year olds to, you know what I mean? How the fuck do yeah, you do that by spending money? Right. Like this is, you're in a really weird spot now. <laughs> Because I, 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 I don't know what's going on between Pochettino and the sporting directors. Because I, I would say that Bowley and everyone's kind of gone, this is you to kind of deal, run this now. Here's the shit show we've made. Um, Take it away. Yeah, make it better. Because <laughs> um, I do think that it's a case of, <laughs> look, this is, this is what we've got. This is the assembled players. And whilst I could uh, understand wanting to, to get a pure goal scorer, because I don't think, Look, Nicholas Jackson's never going to be a proper striker. I just don't think that's ever going to be his strongest position. I think Amanda Brocher still looks an incredibly raw player, and I think that he, he still probably needs a time away on loan. What is his strongest position then? Well, Nick Jackson, he plays he plays on the on the left. Actually, is is where he had been playing. Who's this, Brocher he's or trip, he's, Jackson? No, because uh, Brocher also had he's probably the miss of the season. Oh, Jesus Christ, wasn't it? Um, I don't know how he's managed to make such a ham sandwich of that, but like he, he Nicholas Jackson's dribbling ability is actually really strong. Um, and I could see him actually being pretty good there. He just doesn't necessarily have the the skill set that you need to be a top-level goal scorer in the Premier League because it's hard. Mm. It's the hardest division to score goals. We've seen so many strikers coming at Chelsea and they score a couple, but then it kind of fades away. You kind of oh, think Morata... The hardest position to play. It is, which is why you should be paying the big money there and not on defensive midfield players. <laughs> I mean, you did buy about 15 defenders, centre-halves, and about 50, like... I mean, we got God. so many midfielders, mate. And I, I heard the word midfielder come out, Chelsea. <laughs> and I'm like, this can, this must be a joke. Romeo Lavia has not played yet. Uh, well, well, I've got, I'm looking at Chelsea's injuries at the moment. You've got mm. Fofana out until June next year. Yeah. You've got Cucurella's out until March. Yeah. Reese James is out until January. Probably February. forever, mate. Like but, fucking, I mean, yeah. he's, nev- he's never playing. <sighs> I know he's your golden boy, Woods, but I say this a lot, man. The guy. Nah. If you, if you, if you listen like, to Woods, he, clever. You know, he's been clevered lately. He's, he's moved away from Reese James. He's now Levi Caldwell. Mason Mount. He does. He does. <laughs> Reese James. Levi Caldwell. Hopefully I'm not a kiss of death <laughs> with these players. <laughs> um, obviously, Robert Sanchez is out until now. That's uh, a good thing. Apparently the 31st of I January. don't care who the reserve it's is. Really it's, a, it's a good who thing. Who is the reserve goalkeeper? Um, he's a guy that came over from MLS. 
a guy from America. Okay. Uh, Pe- Pe- Petrovich. Petrovich. He played at the weekend. He's lovely. Didn't have any, lovely I would say pronunciation had, there. It's like had Pet- nothing to Petrovich. He had nothing to do, so it's just difficult to judge. So I hope he's good. He's got to be better than Sanchez. I don't fucking know. He's got to be better than Sanchez. Mate. San- yeah. Sanchez, Sanchez is Ch- a good shot back. stopper. That's it. Ch- Chilwell's back in a few weeks. Um, he's been out since October. Fuck me. Um, Lavia is out back. Should be back at the end of the month, they reckon. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, he's back in training now. Murueke back uh, tomorrow, apparently. Um, yeah. And then Shalaba, Ugo Chukwu and Chukwu Mecca. Uh, they they have no return date apparently. Who the fuck Ch- are they? Ch- Chocolate Maker, mate. He's a proper player. Like I, he got. Who, no, no, I know. I've was, heard of him. Who's Ugo Chukwu? Ugo, Ugo Chukwu is a defensive midfielder. Of course, player. he's a midfielder. Oh, another one. This, okay. <laughs> he's, a, he's the exact sort of fucking player we should be signing, by the way. Because because when I've seen him, he looks pretty good. Physically imposing, tall. Um, yeah, proper. He looks good. He's the sort of player that you should be buying in that position, not a mm. hundred and whatever million pounds that you've spent. My main thing when I look at Chelsea's midfield is, is that you've got Conor Gallagher, who's a bit like a Labrador running They're after the ball. going to bo- sell like, him. But no, but whenever I watch Chelsea, yeah. Conor Gallagher's the most involved. He is. Of all the players for Chelsea. Yes. He's the guy that's he on the ball the most. He's doing all of the running. He's doing all of the tracking. Um, but because he's involved the most, inevitably he's like at fault for things. Do you know what I mean? When it goes yeah. wrong because he's been involved so much. So I do feel bad for him in a way. I like because Connor. like he puts his, he puts it and he, I do enjoy the fact that he wears like an XXS shirt. Like <laughs> why is his shirt so fucking small? What is going on there? And he, he looks like a rugby player, you know, like with the, <laughs> it's really weird. But then you've, so you've got Gallagher, but I always feel with him, his positional sense is just completely, not really there. Like I always, he's like running he's, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, he's everywhere. He's a yeah. dog chasing a car, right? Um, then you've got Enzo and Caicedo, who just feel. And again, this is just what I've seen of Chelsea this year. It feels very lightweight. Uh, and I, re- I remember playing uh, when watching Chelsea play, and you'd have mm. Boozy and Essien in there, and it's like and Lampard, and it's like mm, these are some big men. And I feel like Enzo. I don't notice him when I watch Chelsea. I, I, I very rarely notice him play because he doesn't do anything. And then and he doesn't hit the ball. And when I do notice him, he never hits the ball cleanly, uh, which su- surprises me for him because you watch him kick a football, Lee. It's never clean. No? It's, it's never, it's ne- no. And it irritates me. I don't understand Enzo. why. Um, and yes, I Enzo. Like, just technique. I have an issue with it, is what I'm saying. Um, and Caicedo, yeah, I, if he's getting up to speed now, good. But it, it just feels really lightweight. Like, and Lavia, I thought Lavia was like a six foot two guy. And he's not, is he? He's not. No. no. I, genuinely, I've thought for the last couple of years, oh, this Lavia guy, yeah, he's like this imposing, this, this imposing elegant, yeah. but powerful yeah. uh, defensive midfielder who's going to be like six three, six two, six four, just, you know, and he's not. Apparently, he's, he's not at all. So, yeah, where's, no where's, idea. Where's, the Ugo Chukwu <laughs> couldn't come All, all the Ugos that are in there. Name that. Um, was, where, where's the creativity? Is this still very much relying on the fullbacks? Or, cause I'm, I'm, again, we talk about that midfield. <laughs> Fullback, fullbacks don't exist. Well, yeah, yet. I mean, Cucurella. Yeah. Probably is our fullback. Uh, 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 we, 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 we've looked good. Reese has played. 
So you're still relying on Reese yeah, to be your weird. source of. Yeah, and obviously you can't, you can't because he's he's he's, he's gone again, and he, I, I think I reckon they'll shut him down for the season because I think they're going to push for having an operation to try. And Good, that's what he needs. Rectify whatever this is. Yeah, it's what he needs. Well, yeah. Stop, stop it, listening to the player. Yeah, I'm ready, Gaffer. I'm coming back. Yeah. Stop, stop. No, no. The problem is, and I've I've listened to a little bit about this because it's a hamstring injury. It's actually quite difficult to work out what to do with it. Rested. And it's not it's it's not that Reese said I don't want to have surgery last year. I think it's the case that they kind of sat down and went, okay, this, this will go this route, and it's obviously not worked. Um, it's obviously frustrating because he probably is Chelsea's best player, but he's not there. Um, no, you're right. Where's the, where's the creativity? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? It's Cole Palmer, who's our best player this yes. season. And um, I forget uh, about Cole because he, he's struggled. In, he's been a little bit in and out, but now he's started to feature more. Well, against United. They played him in midfield in a in a midfield three, and he can look completely lost in there. He was best player on the pitch um, against Everton. Yeah, when you play him on the left hand side, um, sorry, left hand side, right hand side, and he's this is where the Reese thing works would have worked particularly well because Reese gets on behind because Palmer wants to come inside and be influenced and play in that sort of um, he won't play in the ten bit. He'll come in and play in that sort of situation so he can dictate play. Um, I think Nkunku, when he comes again, like all those eggs, mate, keep piling them in. Golden hope, right? They're all in, right? In they go. Um, he, he's, he's. I think is what the hope is, and I think Pochettino is probably similar, which is concerning because I, I don't have think never, much creativity. I've never seen Nkunku play kick a football in my life. I, I literally know him from FIFA. Yeah, um, I obviously got to watch him a little bit in pre-season, and I thought, okay, no, he's good. Looks good player. Um, Obviously, he did well in the Bundesliga with limited time last year. However, like I love, I think Harry Kane is one of the best footballers in the world. He scored twenty goals in fourteen games. Yeah, you know. But then it's like, okay, well, you're kind of getting off track a little bit. We kind of go about getting a striker. We should go buy a striker. What about uh, Victor Osimhen? And I'm like, ah, I don't know about Serie A, mate. Because I saw someone put some stats up of, of all of the Chelsea players that were over there and bit Giroud, Ruben, Loftus Cheek, and Pusic. They were scoring bags of goals. I'm like, I'm not paying 120 million pounds for a striker that has scored goals in Syria. I'm just not doing it because I just know what's going to happen. He'll turn up and he'll be like, "Fuck me, this league's tough." So, uh, so where, so where are you signing these mate? players from then? I don't know. I don't know, mate. I, don't, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I can't, don't can't go to do. Spain, mate, because Hosselu plays here and he looks half <laughs> decent. <laughs> exactly, Spain. You can't. France is the league, I think, that you can look to to get players that they can kind of transfer pretty well. It's the physicality of the French league. That, that's that's, the, that's the key, right? Yeah. Because Spain, there's not there's no physicality over here. No. It's just it's it's a very easy league to play in for the most part. If you you know from Italy, yeah. it's more attacking than it used to be, but it was still quite slow. And it's um, there's a lot of simulation. Germany is just uh, you know, high it's lines. Like, it's the highest of lines. It is the highest of lines, and it's like so. There's always going to be space to run into. There's it's always going to be reckless football, yeah. isn't it? I I don't know where they go for a strike, which is why they've ended up with the situation they're in because they they also probably don't know. They're looking at a couple of guys that I've never heard of. Uh, one's plays for Sporting. I, in in, in Dugu the, the second and Ubugi the third. <laughs> Look, give me a second. I, I enjoyed uh, when Michael was reading off those the, names and they were like Ndugi and an Ubugi or something. And... Ugu Chukwu. Ubugi and Ubugi. I like. I, look, 
Uh, Chukameko is actually, I, I, he looked really good, and then he hurt his knee against West Ham. That's say he has been, featured um, this season, hasn't he? And he yeah, he yeah. was, he was, yeah. he scored a good goal actually. I think. Uh, where the fuck is this list? Um, I'm failing hard here to find this list. Failing it's hard. Cons- failing hard here. Uh, uh, let me go on. Uh, let me go on a transfer market and see who you're rumored to, to be to be to be because uh, they put like five strikers that Chelsea should sign I mean Benjamin Sesko would be a good signing I think but I don't think he's leaving uh, Boniface no he's not one that we've been linked with Evan Ferguson obviously that's a that's an awful list Play, the players the... I'm seeing are Claudio Echeverri Estevao yes. and Jonathan Tarr yes uh, Jonathan Tarr's a centre half isn't he and Echeverri yeah. is a tennis player yeah <laughs> genuinely <laughs> I mean, he could be like I. I'll have to take your word. He's for an Argentinian it. tennis player. Uh, so I, I, they play in Spain. No, Portugal. One of them, right? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Echeverri plays for River Plate. Esteval plays for Palmeiras, and that one seven. No, those are not the players that we've been. Yeah, this yeah, is not the players. The, the I, who else we got? Here? Where is about a rival? Uh, the only three that I can see on. Well, we said before in this mm, pod, though, haven't we, about but, the, the dearth of striking talent across the world really so yeah because um... well, no one wants to play in that position anymore and also because it get realistically like again we've talked about it num- numerous times football is all about systems now and realistically strikers aren't system players you so I mean? uh, Vic- victor guy guyocorres plays for sporting lisbon he's one um I'm trying to find who else. Uh, he's he's not, the main name. Victor, Victor not the one that came from are, Coventry. Are you spelling this? I think it is. Because Victor who? He's Swedish, I think. How yeah. am I spelling it? With a G. Uh, G-Y-O-K-E-R-E-S. Yeah. Okay. This guy, eh? This guy. So I tend to have to put a lot of... Um, faith in, in to, to Mikey's history of uh, football manager if, if he doesn't know who this guy is I'm concerned he's 20 he's 25 is he's it a Coventry guy did he play for Coventry once yeah Coventry yeah he, he moved there he, he, Sporting bought him for 20 million yeah I he's just a name that's been linked there was another one I well, he's got he's got 16 and 19 this season right yeah Everton were after him but then we chose Neil Mopé Oh. Or was that last year? Or maybe Beto. Either way, it's not ideal. I don't know if he's the. Uh... How's Beto getting on? He's he scored, mate. Uh... He scored against Newcastle. You, are you enjoying Beto? Is he? Uh, I, I didn't enjoy him when I watched the, the the game with Woods the other day um, against Forest, but uh, look, he, he doesn't get many minutes. To be fair. He he his cameo against Forrest was a fucking mm. disaster class. Um he, he 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 can't link play. Basically, passing is not an attribute that he has any anything of. Uh, mm. I guess getting back to Chelsea and avoiding kind of dragging into me trying to find out who these other striker options are, because I don't know who they are, so I couldn't really talk about them anyway. Um overall, it's been a complete shit show. Um injuries have really hampered this season. Uh, I think much like Manchester United as well it's tough to get a real feel for what Chelsea will look like with a proper um, team uh, that we'd expect which would include Nkunku Kaiseido um, Enzo potentially Lavia um, 
Sterling and, and Cole Palmer uh, as your, your kind of your, your on-field players. He hasn't really found a partnership that I think he, he likes. He plays Thiago Silva quite a lot, and I think that's because of his maturity and experience, because otherwise you're left with um, Cole Will, um, Dezassi, or, or um, Badia Shield. Um, and you're probably feeling that you need someone to marshal the defence a bit more. I like Badia Shield, for what it's worth. I think he's a good player. Um, Dezassi concerns me. It's, it always feels like there's a calamity waiting to happen there. Um out of but, ten, uh, then what are you marking? Out, out of ten, like I'm, I'm like with Mikey. I, I'd probably have a, a, a three, um, and that's just probably being kind, to be honest. Um, and that's because there has been a singular high point, which is Cole Palmer, and that he was sort of bought in last minute, um, almost as an afterthought, because he was the one that they got instead, I believe, of um, Elise, because Elise deal would have mm. been done if it wasn't for the fact that um, God, what's his name? The Palace um, chairman, oh, his, his name's escaping me, found out that basically no one should know the clause that was in that contract and I think that he was kind of keying off on the fact that how did that come out? Parish. 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 A, re- yeah, a Parish recent really guest happy. on The Rest is Football. Eh? Yes, My favourite show. was. It was, yeah. The rest is football where he, he didn't talk about the fact that he um, said no to allowing more funds during a pandemic to go down to the lower leagues. He didn't talk about that. Spoke about FFP, though, and other things like that. So Cole Palmer, he's your player of the season. Oh, by, by a distance. Well, a distance. Con- Con- Connor's being good, but Cole Palmer's really good. I it's really weird. like Cole Palmer. It's weird with Cole Palmer because I remember he scored in the char- he scored in the charity shield, didn't he? Fucking yeah, he scored a really good shield. goal. Yeah, um, and then the next minute, you know, he's playing for Chelsea. It was just a weird I, like. It was just came out. It seemed like it came out of fucking nowhere. Also, his first name is Cole. Eh, it's kind of strange, isn't it? No one, I don't think, it gets talked about enough. Yeah, you know it's not a common first name, is it? Um, it's 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 bizarre that he's ended up at Chelsea. Um, I guess City have such a wealth of talent that they they and you saw I think midweek la um, with with the Champions League that they've got a, quite a few talented young players still coming through their academy. You know they're not short of talented players, but Chelsea have uh, I'm, I'm forgetting who Shields uh, Joe Shields who was at City, so he knows Cole Palmer. He also knows Romeo Lavia, which is why those two players are at Chelsea now. I mean, it's why I'm disappointed that my board on Football Manager chose Manchester United as my affiliate club rather than Manchester City. Yes, you see. yes, a bit of a hotbed there at the moment with young talent. But yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a long season. Um, I think you stick with Pochettino. I saw quite a lot of fans clamouring for, oh, you know, it's not good enough. He needs to go. I, what, what are you going to do? Just hit reset again? Who are you going to bring in? Go for the, You're just going to have to write. I think he has to have two years and you're just going to have to live and die by whatever happens in that two years i i agree um, um and i know when poch first came into spurs and this is quite a few seasons ago now but people kicked up when you know because i think he moved from southampton and he did a good job at southampton he did yeah but then he did. did not set the world alight at spurs initially and then he, he molded that team into you know how he wanted them to play um I do think he's a bit like a maybe a kid in the candy shop now where he has got some money to spend which he never had at spurs so, but yeah. 
well, does he does he have money to spend? Right, this is the thing because I think all the money's being spent. Um, I think this is the issue. Or maybe he's seen like you know, well, the, all the other managers got to spend this amount. I, I I want you know to spend some of this amount, but I do think you persevere with him. Oh, you have to. I have to. Um, I, I I don't think any manager comes into this job and can do can can, can manage it because they've just got such a young group of players with such a little experience at the top level in into what is the toughest league in football. Once upon a time, this might have worked, right? It used to be, but now the league so wealthy, all of the teams are good and they're all well coached because the managers in the league are all really good. Um, so the, the, this idea that you could kind of lavishly spend on young players and still make top four which is what the new ownership thought it's naive it's ignorant mm. right those are the words that i'd use to describe it i don't necessarily completely agree with this whole hating on the new ownership and all of this i think that they didn't have bad intentions i just think that they just needed to take a minute and 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 kind of let it breathe hindsight could have done with rudiger staying not that he's the best centre half in the world, but he's a character, and we haven't replaced him in terms of his presence in a dressing room. Uh, and again, kind of like you talk about um, personalities, intelligence, and this is something that not necessarily comes up on a data sheet. And I think Chelsea, very much like Brighton, and very much like a lot of football now, do a lot of their scouting on a data sheet. Um, and that means that you'll get some talented players. And Chelsea have also got a whole heap of talented players that aren't currently at the club yet. They're yet to come back or come in. Um, but do they have the character? Because you can't measure that. It, it's something that's uh, an intangible, which um, I think you look at Arsenal, the, the the biggest achievement, again, with what Arteta's been able to achieve there in his tenure, is changing the culture and the character of players has been an integral part of that. And you look at Declan Rice... That's a high character professional that's in that team. You know, strip away whatever you feel about him as a footballer, but his character is undeniable. Um, and I just think that there's too many players that I think in, our, in this Chelsea group too lightweight. Are they willing? Are they willing to really tough it out? Because being a top team in this division is tough. You know, you look at all of the good teams that haven't won Premier League titles. And that's because the teams they were going up against were tougher. Good words. Very good words. And on that note, should we? Is there anything of probably anything? I I don't want to ask the question. Is there anything? Because then inevitably that invites more monologues from from Mikey. Shall I talk talk some more? Mikey, Mikey, thankfully he's He's on mute, so I think he he he's saying let's let's wrap it up. I was singing wrap it up. Okay then. Um, well, as I alluded to at the beginning of the pod, I think this is our last pod of the year. I dare say that we'll be making an appearance in the new year. When? I'm not entirely mm. sure because we have to work it around your second pod. Your schedule. No, you, you, it's your schedule. It's your second pod, mate. You've got, you've got a... a the... Oh, we, we, we make our other pod work. In fact, we're probably recording at some point oh, this week. Okay. Um, we, 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 we're working around Hemming's schedule on that one. Yeah, I am the most flexible man in the world, by the way. Lee, you're the one who does running club every other fucking night and then you do hill work and then fucking mat work and then fucking ground work and then, oh, I, oh that was difficult this time and we had to go and run in the woods. Oh, and then we had to go and run an incline and then we're going to have to go and run on the beach. Oh, I have to go by, go, no, I don't know, mate. You're the one who, you know. Have you ever known someone to not 
or to, to win the the London Marathon without training hard though, right? No, so, no, I get it. I get it, right? Lee is a competitor, right? He is a man full to the brim with competitive spunk, yeah? And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to support him any way I can. I appreciate it, boys. Well, I reckon we'll be looking at the second week of January. I knew it would be that first week. <laughs> no, the first week I, I've, I'm very full on at work. But we won't talk oh. about work because that oh. is boring. I, mean, that, I wish I had. I wish boring. I did have a, a marathon to talk about, but I don't. It's just boring old work. But on that note, I'll hand over to my good pal Mikey to do the the outro as he always likes to do. So, Mikey, take it away. I don't. I don't, I don't like to do, do it, it very all, well. Though. I have to stress you. I just say thank you, goodbye. And now, to be honest, everyone knows where it's coming from. They can find us on Spotify. They can find us on Apple Podcasts. Type in a pod of two halves. And we have kicked away the losers that also stole this name from us. They don't even do a podcast anymore, right? We're still here. We're still fighting. We're still kicking. You can find us on a sports social podcast network. And you can see us every two weeks. Ish. Yeah. In your ear holes, ish. In your ear holes, wherever you may roam. Yeah, a great Metallica song. Thank you. A goodbye. Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.